Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Man, I feel like a woman. This is Sandra Beck, and this is part four of our Do the Impossible series with Mary Ann Webster, and that's with an M. And you're going to want to check her out because she's at everywomanchanges.com, and there's a special page at front slash powered up where there's a a bunch of internet goodies that people can take advantage of. Now, this is a really great series for any of you who are struggling with change. If you're transitioning, if you're feeling under-supportive, if it's hard for you to ask for help or you don't think you need help and, you know, life just bonks you on the head and says, hey, guess what? You need help because that's what happened to me. Um, you know, if you're away from home, if you don't have a support network or, you know, you just moved to a new place, all these things have happened to me in my lifetime. And then I've had changes that I've had to make. I've had adjustments, you know, between a death, a divorce, a foreclosure, uh, financial ruin, a company collapse. Um, you know, I was part of the real estate industry for many years and that collapsed. And my job doesn't even exist anymore, which is, is really kind of wacky. Uh, but I found that learning to manage change, understanding the pressures of time and procrastination and investing in myself and working with somebody like Merriam-Webster on my limiting beliefs, you know, those are all catchphrases that we hear a lot. And so they just kind of like bounce off our heads like rubber balls. But I'm going to welcome you to listen to all four parts of these series. This is a four-part series, four one-hour segments. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them at toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T. You can also find these broadcasts at our Powered Up Talk radio website, Because this type of information is such that you could only get it from reading lots of books, working professionally uh, with Marianne Webster or personally. I have had the joy of reading her book, discovering her, talking with her, working with her, and no monies have exchanged uh, with this series. Uh, This is simply me bringing to you a tool that worked very well for me, and I'm so excited to bring you back for our fourth show in the Do the Impossible series, Miriam Webster. Uh, Miriam, just a quick, quick introduction to yourself, uh, to our listeners, for those who are just tuning in. Hi, everybody, and thank you so much, Sandy, for having me on. Uh, first of all, my name is Miriam. I'm going to spell that for you. It's M-A-R-Y as in Yankee, A-M as in magazine, <laughs> Miriam Webster. And no, I'm not related to the dictionary, although I am an author, so that's interesting. Uh, as we've discussed in the last couple of shows, 
I had uh, was living overseas and hit by a drunk driver and broke my back and was paralyzed for a number of years. I was paraplegic, paralyzed from the waist down, and it took me nine years to regain my mobility. But I did that despite what doctors said. I, they said I would never, ever walk again. I would never have a normal life. And we've already discussed this, but I just want to say it again. If anybody tells you that, tell them they have no idea what they're ta- talking about and proceed to go ahead and do it anyway. Okay. If I can, you can. And this series is exploring how. So I'd like to bring you that again at my website, everywomanchanges.com forward stroke powered up. I have a gift basket of goodies for you. And if you'd like to take the next step and work with someone on really getting it done, there's information on how to do that and schedule a free breakthrough session with me there too. So are we ready to go, Sandra? Are we ready to really rock this thing? This is our last show. Yeah, and I really want to rock kick out. some internet radio ass, so go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> awesome. So we talked last time, where we left off was the power of no, saying no. And we were looking at the bliss keys and the bliss blockers, uh, the bliss blockers rather than the bliss keys that unlock them. And I'd like to uh, address something that I didn't, and that's bliss, bliss blocker number eight, being an emotional pack rat. And we, we addressed that last time, and we said that, you know, we're going to mine those stories, the emotional garbage that we've hoarded up over all those years. And I had this horrible story of, oh, it was so painful, and I worked so hard, and, you know, you, you don't understand, you need to understand. And, and I would just mine the drama out of that like a maniac, and, and you know, lights and sound and, and you know, catered by and you know, so on and so forth. And we discovered that we really need to pack that story away, mine the gems out of it, and the gems are what the positives are. And how we get to those positives is bliss key number eight, which is journaling. One of the things that I've advocated you doing is keeping a bliss journal. So any of the work that you do on this vein, any of the things that you do to mine your belief story, remember BS equals belief story. If someone comes up to you and says something and you say, oh, that's such BS, that's a belief story that they have usually. And the belief story that keeps you down is what we are mining, getting those gems out. My gems were I can pretty much do the impossible. I've you know, healed a broken back, I'm walking again, I'm dancing, I'm hiking, and I've lost over 100 pounds and you know, keeping on going and so on and so forth. So that's what I focus on today and that's where the energy is for me. So we need to change it up, switch it around, and that's how we do it. We're looking at today, today, at bliss blocker number nine. And this is addiction to negative input. We've talked a little about this before. we talked around it, and I'd like to bring it out more. So the, any trip to the supermarket, you can see that the, the magazines on the stands, half of it's home furnishings, you know, half of it's how to get out of this horrible situation. There'll be a series of, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to lose weight, how to dump uh, an X, you know, how to do this, that, and the other that's, that's pretty much along the negative line. And then there are all the gossip magazines, and they're talking about someone's horrible divorce, someone's, you know, overdose, et cetera. And we devour those. If you look at statistics on buying statistics, those things are bought more than any other type of magazine. The type of television shows that are consumed are more the reality shows where people are really screw-ups. 
and we're tuning in to see them screw up. And we have an addiction to negative input, not only from outside of ourselves, but inside of ourselves. And that's when we go, I'm too dumb, I'm too fat, I'm too lazy, I can't get it right, I'm ugly, I, you know, I don't have the right clothes, the right parents, I didn't grow up in the right place. And I just wonder how much of this that you do to yourself, ask yourself this question right now, how much of this do you do to yourself and how much do you take from others? Not how much do others do, do to you, but how much of it do you take? So I've, I've watched people sit around and someone else will be just running them into the dirt and they're not saying anything. They're not standing up for themselves. They're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Or they hate hearing it and they wish they could just pound the other person, but they don't dare stand up for themselves. Okay? Got it. Even, even if you get angry when you make mistakes, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. How stupid is that? Do you do that, Sandy? Oh, I did it last night. I was like, how did you do this? How did you say that? Like, that was just so wrong. And, you know, what's funny is the other person, I called her, and I was like, I'm really sorry. That was so stupid and insensitive of me. And she goes, oh, I thought it was funny. <laughs> you know, and I just, but I do that all the time. That's my default. I did something wrong. It was my fault. I shouldn't have. I did this. You know, like I'm some sort of superhuman, superhero, superpower, you know, that can manipulate the old, the entire world and everything that goes wrong in my sphere of influence is somehow related to me, which is, is a little crazy. And that's, that's so perfect that you said that because perfect, perfection, I'm a superhero. I should be perfect. I should be perceived as perfect. And a lot of us grew up with families where if we didn't present the perfect family face to the world, we got holy hell when we got home. Oh, yeah. And how dare you embarrass me in public like that, parents will say. And we what do you have that. to cry about? That was a favorite of mine. Pardon me? What do you have to cry about? What do you have to cry about? Yeah, you're privileged. You've got, a, you've got food on your table. You've, when I was a kid, I'd have fought over that turnip. <laughs> I used to get that from my dad. <laughs> my dad was from the South, and he harked back to the, the Gone with the Wind scene when Scarlett was digging a turnip out of the ground, and you know she couldn't eat it because it was a really nasty turnip. And he said, I have fought over that turnip in my day. You know, I was starving during the Depression. And, you know, anyway, we internalize all this stuff as young, young kids. And we think that, you know, I, I want to be perfect, so I'm going to beat on myself. And the bliss key to this is be kind. Be kind to yourself. Simple stuff, okay? My mother told me this when I was a child. She said, be kind. And I didn't really get it. It's important to do things the way you have to, like, if you have to do things according to a process and you messed up a phase of the process, okay, hey, everybody messes up. Cut yourself a break. Uh, we talked about laughing last time. You know, laugh until you get the, the belly cramp. I believe in having a laugh like this every day. Now, the, Dr. Andrew Weil in his book, Eight Weeks to Optimal Health, I'm going to recommend that book to you all right now. It's 1997, but still relevant as anything today. He recommended taking a news fast. We talked about those gossip magazines on the shelf, and to, to refrain from the listening to gossip, reading those kind of magazines or a newspaper, watching TV or being on the Internet, and everybody says, oh, please, no, I can't, no, no, you don't understand. Okay, maybe you have to go to work, and you have to read a certain amount for work every day. You have to write your reports on your computer, but you don't have to surf. 
you don't have to go to Yahoo Celebrity Channel and look, you know, look at all of that. You don't have to stay on Facebook watching the drama of people's lives unfold, commenting on, oh, girl, you shouldn't have done that, Mm-mm. blah, 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 right? We do that, and we're addicted to Oh, it. I totally do. Like, sometimes when I take a break, I, I Zoom for the news of, like, the intensely fat, the gross, disgusting, weird, or twisted, you know, head in a cooler, you know, body in the freezer kind of thing. <laughs> I, it's a ghoulish habit, and it's very entertaining, but it's not good for me. Hey, I'm into mummies, you know. Hey, <laughs> <each day. laughs> uh, I, I saw them unwrap the Wow, that's something you would not hear on Do the Impossible Radio. I'm into mummies. Well, you know, I saw them unwrap a sarcophagus in a science program show in like fifth grade, and I was hooked. So, um, <laughs> you know, unwrap the mummy. So, anyway, but the, the thing is to consider taking a one-week fast from all of that. And if that gives you the absolute heebie-jeebies, then take a three-day fast from all of that. Anybody can do three days. Come on. Remember, we've refrained from cinnamon rolls for three days. We've been on that milkshake, you know, the, the shake a, a meal diet. We, we can all do it for three days. And mark in your bliss journal how you feel before, how you feel after. Real, real important. Keep those benchmarks, folks. That is what is going to guide you back to reality. So being kind to ourselves and having gossip on that list, by the way, can be awfully difficult because that's how women naturally communicate. We share our lives, right? We share our lives. So let's find different ways most of the time, that's harmless, but, but we can go into the, oh, you wouldn't believe what I heard about so-and-so, and yeah, her husband, and this, that, and the other, and once you're there, you're down the rabbit hole. And it tr- triggers off, again, those very harmful corrosive stress hormones in our body that do what? Make us fat and make us look older, both inside the body and outside the body. If you don't look like you're aging on the outside, you still have wrinkles on the inside, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, wrinkles. Um, so we want to take I that know, I'm down. sitting here going like, oh, my God, my cells are old, and it's not because of all the French fries. It's because of me. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, avoid the French fries, but also avoid things that stimulate those hormones. And gossip is one of the worst, one of the worst. So Andrew Weil and the peace activist Norman Cousins – they're also proponents of this belly laugh a day thing. So if you can get into that belly laugh a day and see if you can get one a day in, like a real, and one of the things I do is I go to this, there's a website on uh, the uh, lolcats, so cheeseburger.com. You know, I can has cheeseburger with a Z.com. And uh, I, I look at these little cat pictures and there will inevitably be one that I will just laugh my butt off at. And there, there are all sorts of websites out, like, out there like that. If nothing else, then you've got something or you can read a book, a funny book, or the, I have several comedians that I really enjoy that I keep their shows on uh, you know, my YouTube or, or Netflix. And there is some way you can get a belly laugh in every single day even if it's a five-minute chunk and you watch a little bit of a comedy routine, right? So get a belly laugh in a day. That is better for you than all the Lipitor in the world, all of the taking aspirin a day in the world. 
better for you than all the drugs you could ever do. That and getting out into the fresh air every single day and moving your body. You don't have to do heavy cardio, just take a walk out in nature. That's one of the things I I recommend everybody. You've got to do it. But there is a way that we, we pay attention to what other people say to us so much and it becomes a tyranny, and, and we need to stay relevant in our lives. At this point in time when there is drastic change going on all around us, and other people are saying, well, you ought to do this, you ought to do that, and have you seen this expert or that expert? You need to really know how to make those crucial decisions so that whatever change methodology you decide to go with or a support structure or say you're hiring a therapist or a coach or you're going to take a class or something like that, you need to make it relevant to your particular situation and not listen to this court of public opinion around you. So pull it back and hold your own authority. Standing in your own authority, again, I'm going to encourage you to put your hand on your heart, hand on your stomach and stand in your own authority about this. And there's a process that Sandy and I have done before that I really like, and it's, it's a decision-maker process where, again, we're using our body. Body is a uniquely wise and wonderful tool that will never lie to you. Don't listen to your head or your tongue. They will lie. You're, the rest of your body is pretty much tuned into the truth. Okay? So... The decision-maker process is something I'd like to give you now. Can we do that now, Sandy? Absolutely. We absolutely have time. So let's, okay. let's learn how to make a decision using our body. I love what you said, like our, you know, our heads lie and our tongues lie, but our body doesn't lie. Yeah, because our head gets confused. I mean, frankly, we have so much input that just bazillion pieces of information a day and we can't, we cannot keep up. We can't. And we need to have a clear mind. And then I'm going to talk in a little bit about um, going forward, contributing and being, uh, you know, a, a, a worthwhile contributor in society past the time when perhaps we've already, we thought we've done all we came here to do. And well, lo and behold, we still have some years left in us and we can still do good stuff. So before we do that, though, we need to know how to stay in a relevant stream in our own life, how to make that decision. Um, I've done this on a call with people when they're making the decision to coach with me, for instance. I don't want them in with me if it's not right for them. Uh, Similarly, if you're making a decision in your life that's absolutely crucial, I use this with a client, for instance, who is having the decision between two very experimental surgeries which to go with, and I couldn't advise her. I'm not a doctor. Good Lord, I have not the first clue. But this will tell you from your internal knowing that does have all those resources you need to solve any problem you will ever have. First of all, though, I would like to get us hooked upright. So we want to, just a couple of energy exercises first, and these are also, I, I have a very powerful AM, PM energy uh, in the in the AM we do energizer, and in the PM we do harmonizer routines. And this is something I teach all my clients. And once you start doing this, your life begins to flow easy. Just no two ways about it. This is in the book, Everyday Bliss for Busy Women. You can get this out. But right now, let's do um, a cross crawl. And 
Sandy, I know you probably remember how to do this. I'm going to instruct everybody else. If you cannot get up out of your chair because you're disabled, you can simply do this by taking your hand and patting the right hand to the left knee and the left hand to the right knee. But if you can get up, I would like you to do that, please, now. And Oh, and if you're seated, keep your legs crossed at the ankle. If you can cross them at the ankle, that works best. If you can get up, though, it works better if you actually stand up. What this does is it hooks up the energy across your body, and it's a cure for brain fuzz, lack of clarity, and tiredness. So if you are feeling that that 3 p.m. slump we talked about in one of the other programs, if you feel that afternoon, oh, gosh, I need caffeine, instead of caffeine, try this instead. And this is, works because the body normally, uh, your energy exits each side. It comes out of your brain. It crosses at the neck. You know how the right side of the brain is responsible for the actions of the left hand and vice versa? That's what we mean when we say it crosses at the neck. And it goes down the left side of the body from the right brain, down the right side of the body from the left brain. So we want that crossover to work uh, happily and functionally. But when we get all frazzled, it doesn't. So we're hooking that back up. So here's, here's the thing. You're going to lift your right leg and tap your right knee. And when you lift your right leg, just make sure that it actually the knee hits the line. If we drew a line right down through our nose and through our lips and down between the breasts and through the belly button down to the floor, that's called your midline. So just bring your knee into that midline and tap your knee. Again, bring the left knee up, tap it with the right hand and the right knee, left hand. And we're going to go back and forth. It becomes a little march. And we're marching up and down, marching up and down, tapping our knees and making sure the knee crosses the midline each time. It doesn't have to go far. You don't have to go crazy with it. Cross, 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 cross. Breathing deeply. And this is a nice, good little aerobic exercise, you know, does get your heart going a little bit, which is never a bad thing. Breathing deeply. Okay, now you can stop and just stand there. We're going to stand in one of the yoga pose of Tadasana, which is a mountain pose, which is a very empowering pose with, with the feet, uh, hip, hips width apart, and the arms down by the sides. Your hands are turned out and palms facing forward. You're going to simply breathe through your nose very deeply in and out through the mouth. Do this three times again, in. And out. One last time in. And out. Great. Now we sit down again. Sandy, how did that feel? It felt great. It felt really cool. I could feel myself waking up because, you know, it's like 2 o'clock here and I get in my little slump. (laughs) Yeah. And it it makes my hands tingle. Kind of, I can feel that energy kind of tingling in parts of your body that you may feel that too or may not. Um, but anyway, that, that hooks us up right, left, and center. And now we're going to go into this decision-maker process. So say you're, in, you're facing the court of public opinion. Everybody thinks you should do this. No, they think you should do that. No, actually, you should do this. And no matter what you do, you're going to disappoint someone. You know that. And sometimes it may be relatives. <laughs> Who could make your life a misery? 
And you're like, oh, crap. I have no idea what to do. What do I do now? So here's, here's the thing. You have a choice. You're going to look at first. Whatever choice it is, it doesn't really matter. But just choose. There, there are two horns of a dilemma. And choose one of them and represent this in your mind any way you want. So it's up there in your head. And go ahead, and when you're ready, flow that down your arm and into one of your hands, doesn't matter which one. By the way, I forgot to tell you, if you haven't been drinking water, drink some water because when we start energy moving like this, like we just did, you may find yourself thirsty, and that means you're a little bit dehydrated because energy processes like this will start moving water around your body, and if you don't have enough water in your tissues, they work really slowly, so you'll start feeling really thirsty. Uh, it's a good thing to keep super hydrated when you're doing change work inside your own body, inside your brain. Helps things flow faster, helps things flow easier, and you don't feel as tired. So when you do feel that afternoon slump, be sure and get some water in. Okay, so we've got flowed one thing down into our hands, one of those decisions. And you can represent this in any way you want, but make an icon of it in some way. So if it's a decision, I'm just going to say a for instance. Uh, I have a decision between moving to the city or moving to the country. And I might conceptualize the city as a little icon of a building, you know, like downtown San Francisco or the, the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm, I live in San Francisco. So maybe that's the Golden Gate Bridge for me. And it's just a little icon sitting in my hand. It could be a color. It could be a shape. It could be completely geometric, not, you know, anything recognizable at all. Whatever it is for you will be perfect. And go ahead and leave that hand on your lap. And we're going to forget that for a minute. And go up in your brain again and your mind and get up that second decision, that, that second possibility you have. Whatever that is, go ahead when you're ready and flow that down into your other hand. And however that comes out in the icon form that it comes out, let's go ahead and take a look at it. And if, for instance, in, the, in our demonstration example, if this is moving to the country... I might see a farmer's field, a pasture there with a cow in it or a horse or something. Whatever it is will be perfect for you. I have a client who conceptualizes its geometric shapes with colors. So one of her decisions was a purple octagon, an octagonal box, like, you know, a little spherical thing. And the other, the other was a yellow pyramid. So whatever it turns up for as you, for you, however it turns up, is perfect. And whatever those two decisions are now, go ahead and take a big, deep breath. See them out. Bring your hands out in front of you so you can see them both. <clears throat> look back and forth at them. Just look at them. We're not, we don't need to feel any particular way about this. I'm just looking at our hands, looking at these icons in our hands. And making an icon form of it, by the way, takes down a lot of the urgency 
about it because you're not seeing all the moving parts and the widgets and the wheels and the, uh, the, the stuff. It makes it simple. So this, this icon that you flow out into your hands, it's a simple thing. Well, you know what's weird, <clears throat> Marianne, what just happened to me when I did that is one hand looked really light and the other hand looked really dark, but I'm like, they're both <clears throat> my hands. It's not like I just you know, had a dark hand and a light hand, you know. Um, that cool. was really weird. That's very cool. Yeah, the light hand was the one that felt good. I mean, it literally felt good and light and empowering, so my skin looked like kind of glistening, you know, like I'm white anyway. But And then my other hand looked kind of like gray and like kind of grayish brown. It was really weird. I was like, ooh, that's so creepy. So that is going back to, and you may be doing what we're calling map, we call mapping over. You're mapping over those qualities from, remember, the heart and the solar plexus? And they get mm-hmm. that light and heavy feeling and the, the light and the dark feeling kind of. So if you look at those hands, um, is there one of them that speaks to you and says yes? Oh, yeah, loud and clear. And which one is that? That was my right hand. And is that the hand that feels dark or light? Light. Okay. So you may be done. <laughs> However... I'm going to encourage you to go on because there's more to be gained. Okay. Okay. And if this is you guys listening, keep, keep with us because there is more to be gained. And we also have another cool process I want to introduce you to, too. Um, so don't tune out. We're not done yet by a long shot. But there's even in the dark hand, remember those jewels to be mined? Yeah. There's gold in them there are dark hills. Black hills gold, baby. <laughs> right? So, okay, now here's what we're going to do. Not too fast, but in your own time, bring those hands together and put one hand on top of the other and hold both of those icons inside like you're holding a baby bird very, very softly and gently. And what's going on inside there, you can't see what's going on inside there, but what's happening is alchemy, pure alchemy. This is magic. And not yet, not yet. But when you're ready, go ahead and open your hands and see, feel, hear, smell, taste, whatever is there for you will be a new icon of something completely different. And go ahead in your own time, open up, take a look at what that is and how that manifests for you. And Sandra, are you willing to share that? Yeah, I had two little head balls in there that were both my kids. And now it's just a little ball of like spinning light. And the other hand is just darkness, but it's round. It's round and dark and spinning. Okay. Um, I probably should have been a little more clear. Let's do it again because... I blew it. No, you didn't blow it. I didn't give you good enough instructions. Okay, your What's fault. That, I'm just teasing. Happened? My fault. My bad. Okay, let's put the hands together again. How do I do with these spinning balls of light? Please, Miriam, you got to get the spinning balls of light out of my hand. I want my kid heads back. <laughs> Don't worry. They're still there. Put, put your hands together again. And what happens is the two icons smoosh down into one icon. 
They oh, roll, I had them hands melt. upside down. I had them both face up on top of each other. So I should have squashed them like making a meatball. Nope, 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 nope. You're not doing any physical action whatsoever. This happens automatically. And I probably nope. shouldn't have said squashed. They merge <laughs> into something completely different than they were to begin with. Okay? They merge into something completely different. And this is a process that that you can use to automatically extract the gems, extract those jewels from the icky, ickier of the two propositions, ickier of the two decisions, extract the jewels and extract the goodness and come up with something completely different that will speak to you. And when you do finally open your hands, it will speak to you of the decision that you really, it would behoove you to take, uh, the decision that is going to be right for you. So go ahead now, and if, if this was you too, folks, go ahead now and open your hands and see the one icon that is left there that is completely different from what you started out with. And if you can share that, it would be really cool. Yeah, it's a bird. It's a bluebird. I don't know where the bluebird came from, from like little human heads and then dark a ball and a light ball to a bluebird. A poop, the bluebird of happiness. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, okay, well, this is, this is entirely up to your, your interpretation. So when you look at the bluebird... What, how does it feel to you? What's it look like? I feel happy and free, and carefree, and, you know, like I'm no longer in a cage. I mean, that it's just free. It's like freedom. Birds are free most Excellent. of the time. And what does blue, what is this bluebird when you consider the two decisions you were going to make? Do you know what that bluebird represents? I think the bluebird represents that, you know, one decision will mean freedom and the other decision will mean freedom in a different way. Because the decision I was trying to decide on, you know, like depending the way this custody goes, is it better to have the two kids in one hand or the kids in two hands, you know, or the kids and, you know, meaning the two different households. And, you know, I came up with, you know, both of them represent kind of pros and cons and they're both freedoms in different ways, but one one freedom was much stronger. So it was kind of a weird, convoluted uh, feeling, but it made sense to me. Oh, yeah, and exactly. It's not going to make sense to anyone else but you. And that's absolutely okay. You don't have to explain this to anybody, folks. You don't have to um, share this, although I do suggest, again, you put it down in your bliss journal so you know what you've done and where you've gotten to. And so that bluebird is very representative of one of those decisions, and you know what that is. You don't need to share it with anybody, but it has met, has this helped clarify things for you? That's yeah, yeah. It, it actually removed the guilt. It, you know, the guilt of of uh-huh. even thinking, you know, these two decisions. Um, you know, it, 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 and maybe that's the bird, the the guilt that's flying away too. Fantastic. And as the guilt flies away, how do you feel? Lighter, happier, hand, freer. Hand on your heart and your hand on your stomach. How does your heart and your stomach feel? Mm-hmm. I just feel lighter. Like I don't feel my tummy doesn't ache. My heart's not beating. I'm just really content. Beautiful. Wonderful. Yes. See how easy that was? 
Yeah, it was just something I would never think to do, but it was pretty cool. Again, you know, lock yourself in the ladies' room. (laughs) Take five minutes, even, you know, even a minute. Once you get adept at doing this, it just takes, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. You you can be on, on just making a terrible decision. I had a client who literally called me as they were deciding to whether to remove her mother from life support or not after three weeks on solid life support. And she made the decision to do that based on this process. She says, can you tell me what to do? And I said, hell no. (laughs) Mm -mm. Not going there. But you know what you want to do. And we did this process. And she made that decision. She got the image of her mother smiling in like just a traditional uh, angel wings, you know, attached to her shoulders. And she said, I'm keeping mama here when she needs to go be an angel with Jesus. So that was her decision. And again, the extreme guilt, extreme guilt involved in that kind of decision completely left her in that process because she saw her mother was smiling and happy. And she also saw her grandmother there with her mom. So, wow, you know, done. (laughs) Duh. And it was just like that. It was just like that, as heavy a decision as that is. So you can use this on anything you got, no matter how heavy. And it will take you to the right place. You'll absolutely definitively know it. Was that easy, Sandra? Was it easy enough? That was very easy. That was very easy. And I will tell you, when you have to make difficult decisions, I had a terminally ill mother, and I recently put my dog down after 17 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, breathing into some of these decisions, and, you know, there really is no head decision on these. There's really no you know, talking it out decision at the end of the day, it's like, how does it feel? And when I made the decision to put my dog down after 17 years and, you know, do I take my kids with me? Do I just tell her she went to the farm? And, you know, we ended her life together as a family because she was suffering. Um, But yeah, when you go to your heart, you go to your center and you feel what's right. Um, a lot of times that can give you the, can cut through the clutter and the noise. And you call it, I love how you call it the tyrannical court of public opinion because people have very, very strong opinions about things when they don't know all the facts. They're not you. They're not in your shoes. You know, they can advise from the best of their ability, but at the end of the day, it's the decision you make that you have to live with. So it's got to be run through, like I said I thought what you said about like having the three brains, like the brain in your head, the brain in your heart, and the brain in your gut, when they're all somewhat in in order or one of them is really dominant, you know, it's worth taking a look at going, well, how do I feel about this? Like, how does it feel in my gut and what do I think about it are really different tools. And so I just think it's amazing. Yep. Absolutely. I want to just, that reminds me of, I've got another, I love giving books as resources. And one of my favorite uh, Zen Buddhist authors is Sherry, C-H-E-R-I, Huber, H-U-B-E-R. And she has a book called That Which You Are Seeking is Causing You to Seek. And it's about, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a people pleaser, I'm an approval seeker, and how to deal with that and how to get past it. And she says, there's the belief we believe we believe. And then there is what we really believe. 
Perhaps we could look deeper into our beliefs about seeking approval and helping others and being good. If I say I want to be good and only count the times I'm not, what am I really trying to prove? We always choose our beliefs over our experience. I think that's very powerful. Very, very yeah, powerful. Yeah, right over my head. It was so powerful. We always choose our beliefs. What is it? We always choose our beliefs over our experience. So what our true experience is, that the experience, again, the body is the indicator of the experience. And the the only way we can maintain our beliefs is by never examining them she says i i just i feel that every time we go back to our bodies and we feel what we feel that's the truth of our lives and this bs that we hear these belief stories that we hear other people say and the the court of public opinion are what we choose to believe because it's so powerful and it can be so damning and condemning so what we choose to believe is very important. And if we choose to believe empowering beliefs about ourselves, that's how we can take it back. That's how we can stay relevant in times of drastic change. And that's how we can begin to contribute back in a healthy way to life around us. Before we go any further, I want to recommend another book. Can I do one more book? One last book. There won't be any more books. Just one. Can I do that? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Rock on. (laughs) This is a new book. I was at the Wisdom 2.0 conference in San Francisco this past February, uh, actually on Valentine's Day, with Ariana Huffington. And she was promoing her new book, and it's awesome. It's called Thrive, the Third Metric to Redefining Success and Creating a Life of Well-Being, Wisdom, and wonder. How cool does that sound? Right? That does sound cool. So there's actually, I'm going to recommend one more book. I'm sorry. I got one more. If you are a woman, 50 or older, Suzanne Braun Levine, Inventing the Rest of Our Lives, Women in Second Adulthood, fantastic primer to go along with Thrive. I would recommend those two together, particularly for women in this demographic. These are the women that I coach very intensively to develop those second lives, get past the menopause symptoms uh, using the, the energy tools here, and, and get back to that, the, the reinvention of who we really are, reclaiming, really. It's a reclaiming of who we really are. And when we do that reclaiming through the whole the processes that I've been sharing in these last three shows and this show – we get to the point where we reach our true self and we go, wow, this is who I really am. This is my life mission that we talked about that very first show. This is what I'm here to do. Holy cow, I got to give back. I got to give back. And I want to just visit very, very briefly, because I don't think we have very much longer. So I want to give you... We have about 15 more minutes. Yeah, 15 more minutes? Okay, cool. But I want to give you a, a process that is going to help you get back to the you that you really are. All of this stuff is going to help shave away the crud and, and pair you back to the real you. And when you get there, it may be that you find yourself on the shore of a very foreign beach, <laughs> staring out at a sea you don't recognize or inward towards an island that you no longer recognize. And it's like, ooh, that's exciting. This is pretty. 
but man, I feel alone here. So this is where we talked about before, gathering that support network around you of people, and they may be totally new people. So I I just uh, went through a divorce where I was, and this was my second divorce, where I was going through a phase of people having left my life. And my, my husband had mental illness going on, and a lot of friends had drifted by the wayside, and I was faced with rebuilding my entire support network. And all my family had died, by the way, in the meantime. So I didn't really have anybody. And I consciously went forth and recreated my support network. First, I found and joined a spiritual center that made sense for me. And it offered exactly what I needed to reboot my life. Second, I went on meetup.com, like I was referring people to a couple of shows ago. And I basically found groups of affinity groups of people that were interested in what I was interested in. I'm in a French language group. And the last time I was in Paris, I spoke French so poorly that I embarrassed myself. So (laughs) I joined this. Yeah, but I bet you didn't have what happened to me where a guy told me I was so beautiful, but I made his ears bleed. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah, right in my mark. (laughs) Wow. Great for the ego, right? Oh, yeah, thinking I'm like this cool, hot American, and he comes up to me, and he's like talking to me, and I learned French in Canada because I grew up at the Canadian border, and then he says, I have to tell you, you are so beautiful, you're so beautiful, but when you speak, you make my ears bleed, and I was like, wow, that's not going to get you anywhere. Just being a snob. Anyway, but that's, you know, that's what was interesting to me was learning French. And it's this fun group of people that meet at a cafe every Tuesday. And I, I just had the most fun with them. And it's the rebuilding the, the, the girlfriends, too, the really supportive girlfriends. But beyond that, what it all starts with is rebuilding from the inside out. As we all know, it's an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. Your bliss is an inside job. Even your children's well-being in the future is an inside job. It starts with you because they model us. They, they do what they see in everyday life. And if they see mom is stressed out, frazzled, and freaked out every day, they will learn that that's the way to be. If they see that mom and dad are the complete opposite of that, they're calm, they're courageous in the face of adversity, and like you now have a belief, Sandra, that you can handle anything that comes along with ease, grace, and joy. I can. Any negative situation, and we did, if that's foreign to you, if this is your first show, we dealt with that (laughs) in our last show, and so on and so forth, and that's what your children will be growing up. So let's go into this. It's very cool, and it's basically an extension of getting a mentor. So I know when I came to this point in my life, and I was confused and standing on the shore of that very unfamiliar new me, I knew that I needed mentorship. I needed somebody who had who had walked in these sandals before and knew the way to lead me out of this, holy heck, what do I do now? So I went out and I got a coach and I got a therapist and I got a business coach and I enrolled in a business program to reboot my business and reboot my life and I did a whole bunch of that. But But first... I worked on the inside job, and here's how you do it. Okay, so we all have people in our lives, alive or dead, that have been or would be great mentors for us. 
So, for instance, I'm just going to tell you mine. I love Eleanor Roosevelt. She was a kick-ass lady before kick-ass was invented. And along with her, Sojourner Truth. And if you don't know who these ladies are, you really need to get on Google. Um, but Eleanor Roosevelt, Sojourner Truth, Susan B. Anthony, I've got a number of historical figures in my circle of mentors. So we're creating a circle of mentors for you. Also, I include my grandmother, Graciona Evans Ratliff. She was a lady that kicked butt since she was out of the womb, pretty much. My mother was a shy person, not quite the kick-butt mentor that my grandmother was. So she's in my circle, too, but in a different capacity. She's in my circle because sometimes I need to pull back and realize, you know, I need to let kindness override my natural inclination to tell a hard truth. You know that one, Sandy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a delicate balance sometimes. So both my mom and my grandma are in my circle. I also have a beloved teacher or two from university, one from high school, and a number of others that I just, in the interest of brevity, I'll just say that are... uh, have been for me excellent mentors. They number a number of my coaches, a couple of my doctors that have really believed in me going through some therapists that I saw, etc. So what I want you to do, I invite you to surround yourself right now, wherever you are, close your eyes, take a big deep breath and surround yourself with these mentors. Big deep breath in and out. And just feel them surrounding you with their love, their acceptance of who you are just as you are. And that's huge because the world at large doesn't tend to accept us for who we are just as we are. A good coach, by gosh, that's who I am right there for my people. I accept them for who they are in the moment as they are. And each person standing in your circle needs to be that kind of person. So if they're not, by the way, if they're otherwise really cool, but they really want you to change that one thing, they don't belong in this circle. We can thank them, release them, and replace them with someone else. Okay? What if about, like, just their their lifestyle? Like, for me, you know, I was writing down my list here, and I put, like, I had my ones that I had, like, direct contact with. You know, like my friends, like Lou Padgett, Danny Kiernan, Linda Franklin, Judy Brizantine, you know, Vicki Taylor, they've all taught me things. But then there's like my group of of people, and they're both men and women. Like I have Jillian Michaels on there, Ellen DeGeneres, Reese Witherspoon, and then Jonathan Quick, the goalie of the, the LA Kings. I mean, those are all like great inspirations to me, but they don't know me and love me. They would if they knew me, but they don't know me. Eleanor Roosevelt okay? died before I was born. She doesn't know me or love me. So during her truth, same oh, thing. Oh, that's true. Okay, it got matter. it. It doesn't matter. It could be a figure from history that you admire. You know, it could be, I, I have Emily Dickinson in there as well. Um, there's also, you know, it's mine is mixed sex as well. I, I grew up with a mentor that was basically, well, he was a shaman, an actual shaman I apprenticed to him for 15 years. And he's in there. I'm Male, female, it doesn't matter. Alive, dead, doesn't matter. It just matters that you feel that they would be unconditionally supportive of you. 
Got it. Okay. Got it. That's so funny because your people are so like powerful, and I've got a like a gay talk show host. I got a, a you know a a, a a fitness lady, you know, a little movie star, and a hockey goalie. But you know what? It's whatever works for you, it's right? Really, it really is. It doesn't matter. I've had people have cartoon characters. It really doesn't matter. I had this the beautiful client had I don't know if you remember the He Man cartoon show, but she had She Ra. Oh, yeah, Mistress of Power. Are you kidding? I loved her. Yeah, 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 exactly. So She-Ra was one of her things. And also Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Remember that? She was Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. In the the circle as well. And her lariat of power. I'm going to lasso you. So each of these people in your circle, just surround yourself with your circle and breathe in their love and acceptance. That's huge. And each of these people in your circle have a unique message just for you about whatever you're facing at the present moment. And as you come more fully into yourself as your true self, that, that coach, that therapist, that relative historical figure or even comic action figure, doesn't matter, Whoever has the message that's the most relevant for you right now is going to bubble up to the surface, step forward, and begin speaking to you. They may take you by the hand. They may embrace you in some way or touch you. And when they do that, they are putting that message into your energy field so that you can use that wisdom. I have... A, a mentor coach that's in my circle that always takes my hand and puts her hand over mine and says, feel the power in you that is already there and always has been. Feel the power in you that has never gone away, that you have only forgotten. Remember that now. And I'd like to give that to you as you've let me into your life, into your circle, to be your coach for these sessions as my gift and my message to you that you are the change you have been seeking. You are the teacher you have been looking for. You are the power that you feel you don't have. It is already within you. It has always been with you. You have just been sleeping for a while. Wake up. Take the power in your hands that you already have. Take it and soar. Ascend to the skies because you do have that power. Reach down into the depths of the earth and bring up those gems that you have already there. And spread them widely in great gratitude in your life. Take that in. Breathe that in. Give a good deep breath right now. Allow that to come in at your heart and breathe out. And any other messages that are coming to you from any of the other mentors in your circle, allow those to come into your heart. You get to keep those. Those don't go away. 
when you open your eyes and the circle dissolves, that circle is always with you. And you can call it in any time just by tapping your heart, just by putting your hand on your heart and willing it to pop up for you. Just like your own power, it never goes away. It's always with you. Always with you. And if you would like me to be a mentor for you in your circle, I'm happy to be there for you. You're welcome to put me in that circle, or not, or Eleanor Roosevelt, or anyone else that tweaks your fancy. Whatever gives you the juice, it will be perfect, right, and awesome for you. Take another breath and put your hand over your heart and just affirm that you have always had the power to go home. All you have to do is click your heels three times because you're already there. You're already your true self. You already have the power. You always have had. You're already home. Take another breath. And say thank you. Thank you for this time that we've had. I'd like to thank you for listening to this series of wonderful shows. Sandra, I'd like to thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. It's so been my pleasure. I have had the best time at this series. You guys, this is the Do the Impossible series, and we have been blessed by having Mary Ann Webster walk us through uh, you want to check her website out, everywomanchanges.com, front slash powered up for our basket of goodies. And you're definitely going to want to download her book. That's how I found her. That's how we came in connection. Uh, Everyday Bliss by Merriam Webster. That's with M-A-R-Y-A-M, Webster.com. This concludes our Do the Impossible series. I hope that whatever challenge you're facing, I hope that whatever transition that you are going through, because we all have them, we all need help, we all need direction, but the funny thing is, is that the answers often reside deep with inside us, as illustrated by Miriam in our four-part series. Check us up on Powered Up Talk Radio. Find us on iTunes. Uh, go to everywomanchanges.com, and you will be able to do the impossible. Can't wait to have you guys back next week for more outstanding Powered Up Talk Radio. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent career, is the brains behind The Real Cougar Woman. She shares her wisdom, grace, and laugh-out-loud opinions based on her stellar successes, both in the financial world and in her personal life. Check out our website, poweredupwithbeckandfranklin.com, and join us next week for another great conversation. We're here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on toganet.com.